Chapter 48 of Will Warburton. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Jennifer Painter. Will Warburton by George Gissing. Chapter 48. Norbert Franks was putting the last touches to a portrait of his wife, a serious portrait, full length, likely to be regarded as one of his most important works. Now and then he glanced at the original, who sat reading. His eye was dull, his hand moved mechanically, he hummed a monotonous air. Rosamond, having come to the end of her book, closed it and looked up. "'Will that do?' she asked, after suppressing a little yawn. The painter merely nodded. She came to his side and contemplated the picture, inclining her head this way and that, with an air of satisfaction. "'Better than the old canvas I put my foot through, don't you think?' asked Franks. "'Of course, there's no comparison. You've developed wonderfully. In those days—' Franks waited for the rest of the remark but his wife lost herself in contemplation of the portrait. Assuredly, he had done nothing more remarkable in the way of bold flattery. Anyone who had seen Mrs. Franks only once or twice, and at her best, might accept the painting as a fair interpretation of her undeniable beauty. Those who knew her well would stand bewildered before such a counterfeit presentment. Old Warburton must come and see it said the artist presently. Rosamond uttered a careless assent. Long since she had ceased to wonder whether Norbert harboured any suspicions concerning his friend's brief holiday in the south of France. Obviously he knew nothing of the dramatic moment which had preceded and brought about his marriage, nor would he ever know. I really ought to go and look him up, Franks added. I keep on saying I'll go tomorrow and tomorrow. Anyone else would think me an ungrateful snob, but old Warburton is too good a fellow. To tell the truth, I feel a little ashamed when I think of how he's living. He ought to have a percentage on my income. What would have become of me if he hadn't put his hand into his pocket when he was well off and I was a beggar? But don't you think his business must be profitable? asked Rosamond, her thoughts only half attentive to the subject. "'The old chap isn't much of a businessman, I fancy,' Franks answered with a smile, "'and he has his mother and sister to support. "'And no doubt he's always giving away money. "'His lodgings are miserable. "'It makes me uncomfortable to go there. "'Suppose we ask him to lunch on Sunday?' "'Rosamond reflected for a moment. "'If you like, I had thought of asking the Fitzjames girls. "'You don't think we might have him at the same time?' Rosamond pursed her lips a little, averting her eyes as she answered. Would he care for it? And he said, didn't he, that he meant to tell everybody, everywhere, how he earned his living. Wouldn't it be just a little? Franks laughed uneasily. Yes, it might be just a little. Well, he must come and see the picture quietly. And I'll go and look up the poor old fellow tonight. I really will. This time the purpose was carried out. Franks returned a little after midnight, and was surprised to find Rosamond sitting in the studio. A friend had looked in late in the evening, she said, and had stayed talking, all about her husband's pictures, so tiresome, 
she thinks the monuments of genius. His last thing isn't half bad, said Franks good-naturedly. Perhaps not. Of course I pretended to think him the greatest painter of modern times. Nothing else will satisfy the silly little woman. You found Mr. Warburton? Franks nodded, smiling mysteriously. I have news for you. Knitting her brows a little, his wife looked interrogation. He's going to be married. Guess to whom? Not to... Well? Bertha Cross? Again Franks nodded and laughed. An odd smile rose to his wife's lips. She mused for a moment, then asked, And what position has he got? Position? His position behind the counter, that's all. Says he shan't budge. By the by, his mother died last autumn. He's in easier circumstances. The shop does well, it seems. He thought of trying for something else, but talked it over with Bertha Cross, and they decided to stick to groceries. They'll live in the house at Wallam Green. Mrs Cross is going away to keep house for a brother of hers. Rosamond heaved a sigh, murmuring, Poor Bertha! A grocer's wife, said Franks, his eyes wandering. Oh, confound it! Really, you know... He took an impatient turn across the floor. Again his wife sighed and murmured, Poor Bertha! Of course, said Franks, coming to a pause. There's a good deal to be said for sticking to a business which yields a decent income and promises much more. Money? exclaimed Rosamond scornfully. What is money? We find it useful, quietly remarked the other. Certainly we do, but you are an artist, Norbert and money is only an accident of your career. Do we ever talk about it, or think about it? Poor Bertha, with her talent. The artist paced about, his hands in his jacket pockets. He was smiling uneasily. Did you know anything of this kind was going on? He asked, without looking at his wife. I had heard nothing whatever. It's ages since Bertha was here. Yet you don't seem very much surprised. And you? asked Rosamond, meeting his eyes. Were you profoundly astonished? Why, yes, it came very unexpectedly. I had no idea they saw each other, except in the shop. And it vexes you? said Rosamond, her eyes upon his face. Vexes? Oh, I can't say that. He fidgeted, turned about, laughed. Why should it vex me? After all, Warburton is such a thoroughly good fellow, and if he makes money... Money? We do find it useful, you know, insisted Franks, with a certain obstinacy. Rosamond was standing before the picture and gazing at it. That she should have no higher ambition. Poor Bertha. We can't all achieve ambitions, cried Franks from the other end of the room. Not every girl can marry a popular portrait painter. Great artist! exclaimed his wife, with emphasis. As she moved slowly away, she kept her look still turned upon the face which smiled from the easel. Watching her tremulous eyebrows, her uncertain lips, one might have fancied that Rosamond sought the solution of some troublesome doubt, and hoped, only hoped, to find it in that image of herself so daringly glorified. End of chapter 48 End of Will Warburton by
by George Gissing.